0: We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here.
1: Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So today, again, you're welcome. It's a really special day. It is, we're speaking with Cliff Beach. So I love music. I usually always have music on in my house. It makes me work better, think better, which drives people crazy, but it does. And I'm all different genres, but got to love a good beat. Got to love some good funk. Mm
0: -hmm. When
1: I heard this guy's music, it was like, is it like Dr. John meets all my funk heroes meets I don't know. I can't figure this out but I liked it. Oh, by the way, he's like a musician, but maybe a side gig? Crazy? Because that's not probably what he does during the day. And I really don't even know what he does, but I love someone that is just doing what they love in addition to something maybe that they have to do for now, or we're going to find all those little pockets of time to do. So Cliff is a newly published author. Gotta love them. Got a brand new book out called Side Hustle and Flow. Gonna talk about that. Fellow podcast host. Yay. Deeper Grooves podcast. Make sure we subscribe and listen to that. And for more than 20 years, a musician making really good music and again, what we consider, I'll take that on the side, like, a, you know, an order of rye toast. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I want to hear more about this. So with that, I say welcome, Cliff, and thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me on your podcast, Stephanie. I'm super excited.
1: Okay, so you're our first musician. I'm thrilled and elated about that authors, I love me a good book. I love me a good author. And I love to hear that whole journey, that whole process and just the whole side thing. It's, you know, you found something that you're obviously good at that speaks to your heart. And we all have that same 24 hours in a day and you get to do what you love while still having just to do as some of us have to. So Tell us about you. Anywhere you want to start.
2: Wow, well, that's a,
1: a pretty open-ended question, but yes, it is. In terms of, in terms of side <laughs> hustling, you, you wanted to know what I do in the daytime, so
2: I am vice yeah. president, I'm vice president of digital and operations for a, a very fast-growing beauty company and beauty tech. So I've been in the world of beauty previously with L'Oreal Group for many, many years, and uh, yes, my side hustles are music. So both writing producing, performing, releasing music, performing live within LA and touring. And then from there, music has paraded in the last couple of years into the podcast. So Deeper Grooves allows us to be able to interview Grammy winners and Grammy nominees and people just on their musical journey. And then from there, that pushed into a radio show. So I have a radio show in Los Angeles every Saturday night, also called Deeper Grooves from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m where we play all that great groove music, including Dr. John and all those so and everything in between. So mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. that you love a lot of genres. So blues, rock, R&B, mm-hmm. soul, Motown, funk, jazz, whatever it is, they all kind of stem from that same American group and have many branches. But as long as they have a good beat, as, long as they have a good groove, I like electronic music, dance music, whatever just makes people infectious and fun, and, and then we'll play it. So that's exciting. And then from there we took music into the last couple of years, two seasons of television. So we're the house band for Josh Gates tonight on Discovery Channel. So we've done two. Hopefully we'll get renewed and do a third season of that. But it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey of figuring out. So as I was in the process of trying to become an author and, and write a book, and eventually it became Side Hustle and Flow, I realized eventually like I have all these side hustles. Like to me it just seemed like the LA shuffle. Like you just gotta mm-hmm. do a million things to mm-hmm. keep up. In L.A. or Hollywood, because uh, you know you gotta you gotta make money, you gotta diversify. But then from there, it also was work doesn't always become that most fulfilling thing, right? Or mm. but music, you know, in art, it's hard to sustain and become full time person doing that because it can be feast or famine. And, and I'm uh I'm too young and too pretty to start. so <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I like to eat. Uh, I like to eat. there you go. So I think everybody. When you talk about time management and having that same twenty-four hours, that's really what I wanted to understand. is People always say, "Like, how do you spend your time?" And I wanted mm-hmm. to change that notion to be like, "How do you invest your time? Are mm. you getting a return on your investment? And How do you measure that?" You know, it's not about like having always a million streams, even though we're close to a million streams and that kind of thing. But it's about doing something that nobody else can do, getting that thing out there because we'll never get that book, we'll never get that song, we'll never get that movie. We'll never get that fashion design. You know, we'll never get anything if you don't do it. But I think whether you do a lot of it full time or you do it part time or you do it just a little bit on the side, I think if it is important to you, you should try to dedicate some time to it. And then, you know, you'll see what comes from that. But if you don't do anything, then nothing Mm -hmm. happens. and You have no chances and no opportunities.
1: That much is the guarantee. My goodness, I love everything already. All right let's start with the book. When did you decide, because you said I was going to try to write a book, so clearly you wrote a book. I don't think you, again, woke up one day last year or over brunch to say, I think it's a good idea. I'm sure you must have had it somewhere in your thought process. And when did you go from, I think I'm going to try to sit down and first words on the Google Doc and then you're off and running?
2: Well, I believe I started originally writing the book in 2014, uh, mm-hmm. which was a, a different type of book. It was called The Art of Awesome. So I wanted to be able to profile and interview awesome people. And I, and I did. I, you know, I went to talk to Zig Ziglar's son, Tom Ziglar, about mm. Zig Ziglar in Texas. And then I went to talk with Jen Lim. Who was heading up Zappos and the Delivering Happiness Project, and mm. uh, a few other people, mm. I was working at Operation Hope in LA teaching financial literacy. And so during that time, I talked with John Hope Bryant talking about uh, you know helping people from you know disenfranchised areas of Los Angeles things like that learn about personal finance, which I feel still is a huge gap in education. We just don't get those life skills. No one puts together a lot in school. No. So from there, I did about four interviews and then I was like, you know, I don't feel like I was in my mid thirties. I was like, I don't feel like I have enough information. I didn't feel credible as a person to present this information. So I was like, let me table this for a few years. And then finally in twenty twenty, the pandemic happened. And so Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I had no music gigs. I had nothing. You had time. Uh, I had time, I had time, <laughs> <and> I knew, <laughs> and I knew as a person, I was like, I will go stir crazy if I don't take, you know, cause I was doing all these gigs and playing uh-huh. music and recording music and out with people. So I was like, if I don't create a project for myself, I'll just have nothing uh-huh. to do. So uh-huh. obviously everyone was flooding to social media and doing, you know, music live and uh-huh. that was okay. And I actually, I actually did enough of those where I got picked up by CNN and CNN gave me my whole little like ninety second spot to be like oh that's great for, mm-hmm. the spokesperson for like all musicians and what was happening during the pandemic and what they were doing. So from there I was like okay I don't I don't think Instagram Live music is for me. So I was like what else can I do? So that's when I started the podcast. I was like let me just do some remote interviews. I think that's something I can do. And Zoom was just, you know blowing up at that time. And everybody was jumping into anything we can get our hands on. So that was one thing. And then I was like, you know, there were a lot of free classes to learn whatever subject. So I had decided to go to uh, the Scratch Media School, which was mm-hmm. doing basically a, a, a free program on how to write a book. And I was like, okay, maybe if I had an outline, and an idea, a timeline, some skills around writing a book, I feel like maybe now I can could, I could actually get it done. Like, I'm, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And I called my mom... I called the girlfriend I had at the time. I said, I'm going to write this book. Like, I feel like I got a book in me. I got to get it out." And so I started on that path of doing the vomit draft, you know, 90 days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, let me just get Mm -hmm. this out. Like, originally the book was called From Full to Fulfilled. I was trying to figure out, okay, like, you can have a busy life. You can stack the deck. But if your ladder is against the wrong tree or the wrong building, then that's just, like, tiring Mm -hmm. work. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. busyness. But it's not about your business, and so from full to full, I was like, okay, something about a full life, you know? I have work, I have kids, I have a bunch of, but stuff. Like that doesn't necessarily mean it's fulfilling. It can be, but not necessarily. So I was like, okay, let's try to figure that out. And then slowly, as we kept writing the book and doing edits and stuff, I started to have this notion of side hustle and flow. Hustle and flow was a movie with uh-huh. Terrence Howard, done by MTV, about a guy who like had an un unorth- an unorthodox way. Of eventually getting his dream out there, right? You know, it's hard out there for a pimp, and you got you got your prostitute managing you, and you got one singing background. It was a, it was a whole story, but basically, I remember Gary V. Gary Vandercheck, who does mm-hmm. a lot of motivational stuff. He said, "I don't have to be the smartest person, but no one will out hustle me." And Ice T, mm-hmm. who I love from Law and Order mm-hmm. SVU and all his rap before cop killer, he said, "Hustling never takes a day off." So. I had this hustle and this drive my whole life. I was always accelerated in everything. I was like, okay, let me finish high school at 16. I finished college at conservatory for music at 19. So like, I was always like, I got to go. I was born, you know, three months early. So I learned, like, I had this hustle. And I realized with the gig economy, with Uber and Lyft and other stuff, like, people are side hustling. Mm -hmm. Like, people are trying to, like, like you get in the Uber and you're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm driving you now so that I can write my script. I'm driving mm-hmm. you now like so I can mm-hmm. work in a restaurant or I'm driving you now so that I can do my music. So like people were already kind of in that way. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather work a job full time, have money and be able to fund all these other cool things that may or may not make money so that I right. don't feel the pressure. So i would mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I got, I got to take this gig, you know, singing music I don't like because it pays a lot. You know, I didn't, right. I didn't want that. I lived that right. life. I did, I did cruise ship music and I did general business music and, and corporate bands and all that. And it's all great. There's always a place for it. But I was like, you know, if you want to do original music and get your own ideas out there, then you don't always necessarily get the big gigs right away. So I was like, let me just have something to have a foundation so that then I can use that as a launching pad to do these other things. Now, I think the difference is that a lot of people don't utilize the time that they have investing that time. So we have eight hours that we're sleeping a day. I, not me, but that's what people That most are that you shoot
1: for, correct, that yeah. you
2: shoot yeah. for yeah, and attain. Okay, yeah, so they're shooting for that eight, and mm-hmm. then let's say I work an eight hour day. Okay, so that's 16 mm-hmm. hours, right, that are accounted for. Now, 24 hours in a day, so you would assume I have some part of the other eight hours to do something. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it that way, you know, can I get one thing done in a day for my side hustle? I think I could, but if you just wake up, as Jim Rome says, and it's like, you know, I gotta get out there, and I gotta work these damn jobs, so I gotta pay these damn bills, I feed these damn kids. It's like that's not a compelling why to be able to to design. Right. You know, you're just gonna go home and sleep and watch TV or, or whatever, and you have these kind of uh, drip accounts, you know, things. All this time is like. Dripping here and there that is mm. unaccounted for it because you're not trying to strategize what you can do with that time. Because again, mm-hmm. we all have that same 24 hours, mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. everybody is investing the hours they have. Like and I love that hours.
1: you use that word because it really brings back, honestly, how important you are as opposed to the grind. Oh, let me just, you know, rinse and repeat. we got to prepare the lunches, get the kids out. Wah, wah, wah. There can be more. Most certainly. And that's why I learned in the pandemic, they have a book called The Miracle
2: Morning by Hal Elrod. And essentially, you start with these six savers, and I don't remember all of them, but essentially it's like you, you, you meditate and you do affirmations and you do exercise mm-hmm. and, whole, and you read you describe the whole routine. But essentially, if you do it 10 minutes each, that's an hour. And sets the intention for the day. You can't do a whole hour, even if you do a minute of each in a six minutes a day. The point is that when you wake up and you set the tone, instead of hitting snooze, getting up an hour early or 30 minutes early and doing something purely for you, that's the way to do it because nobody at 7 a.m. is probably looking for you. But once nine o'clock hits and people need you and people are emailing you and this is happening, like you just derail from the rest of the day, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. then you're tired after the day, and then things don't get done. So it's like, I think there was like something that Brian Tracy said, where basically like if you had to chop down
1: a tree, and like oh yeah, how many how long worked, would it take you? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then like if you if you if you spent most of that time sharpening your axe, you could have chopped the tree so much faster. It's Correct. Like, yeah. If you how wake long, up and you Right, yeah, you mentally prepare to mm-hmm. do stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. You plan that out. Like I look at my schedule, you know, the week before on Sunday, I look at the whole week, on the, the day before, the night before, I look at it again to know what my day is going to be like. Less than mm-hmm. 10% of people plan. So it means that everybody has life happening to them more than them happening to life. We have a very reactive strategy, not a proactive strategy. And you find that in the medical field. So you go to the doctor, and are like, okay, you got this but you know do surgery but it's like could we have done something holistically earlier mm-hmm. and been more mm-hmm. proactive and ate better and exercised? And this stuff? of course of course but it's like when you operate from like well when it breaks i'll fix it right it's different than like let's do current maintenance all the time so it never needs to be fixed like that you know
1: And Mm -hmm. the price of that, the big currency, as people totally, I think, misunderstand, is their time. If there was a gun to your head to be like, okay, great, you know, like, what are you doing? And, you know, how can we lighten your load? How can we, you know, share a little here? And you'd be hard pressed to really get something written. Like, what are you doing? What are we doing? Like scrolling and TikTok and Facebook don't count. They're just time vampires, but you're not doing anything
2: what you focus on is where your energy goes and where you're going to see the results. Like if you're trying to exercise and you're like, let me just work my whole body at once, like that will do something but it's not going to be like, they always tell you, like if you're focusing on your bicep curls then focus on Mm -hmm. your bicep and your Mm -hmm. mind will know, okay, that's where I want the energy to be drawn to. Mm -hmm. And you need that laser focus. It's like, sometimes, you know, everyone's kind of like a light bulb, like the light is just like, Casting a wide net, but obviously, like a laser will just burn through something. It's like, so sometimes it's better to have three things or necessarily one thing that's going to move the needle for you in a day. You know, if that means sending that email or making that call, do that. And then, like Brian Tracy said, eat that frog, do that hard first thing mm-hmm, first mm-hmm, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the day, because then the day can never get any worse and you know it's going to get done. Like, and, right. and, and if you know for sure, like if you're working a job, like things that, don't make you money become irrelevant at a certain point like there, you can be busy and look busy and, and there is a corporate right. culture that like everybody is trying to look busy but then when you really look Break at it down. like they talk yeah they talk <laughs> to sales yeah they talk to sales they're like well how often in a day do you spend with clients statistics show you don't spend more than 90 minutes with clients out of an eight-hour day Because you're always at the coffee, at the water, talking Mm -hmm. to someone, figuring out where Mm -hmm. lunch is going to go. Distraction, right? Yeah. Mm Yeah. And every time you get distracted, so if you're checking your email constantly all day or you're checking social media, every time you diverge from what you were working on, it takes you up to 25 minutes to get back on track.
1: And once you do that three, four times, the day is over. Were you always this enlightened again, I'm trying to figure you out. Like you speak my love language, number one, and mine, I'm much older. I'm six. I'm going to be 62. I've been on this journey. Were you always like this? And where, where did you even begin your journey and, and the influence? You know, I was an odd
2: kid. My mom says that I would listen to AM radio as a kid, like, and, mm-hmm. and, and listen to the politics, not that I'm super political, but I would listen to people talking mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I wanted to know things. And then, you know, I used to play video games and I loved them as a kid. And then one day I was just like, this is a waste of time. they are just taking up too much time. I'm going to go read books. And then I used to watch TV. And then the whole year I was like, I'm going to do an experiment and not watch any television for a year and just read. And I started making straight A's and it, it was a whole and I was like, if I can do that, then I was like, you know, everyone does high school in four years. Why can't I do three? And everyone's was like, why would you do that? Like, because why can't I do it? So then I was like, I'm I'm cutting this out a year early. You're on some like, mission.
1: I love it. You're definitely <laughs> on this. You said you came early and, and it's been a race ever since. You're on a path and on a mission. And God, I'm so glad we found you. So you accelerate your love for music. Where does that uh, come from? Well, I come from a huge family, extended
2: family of singers. They actually had a church that that outlawed like footloose outlawed dance they outlawed musical instruments so everybody sings all these crazy intricate harmonies with cappella. so everyone 270 people out of 300 can sing really well and the other 30 don't get asked to the family reunion and so
1: <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i'm not the best singer in my family but i am one of the only ones that does it professionally And my family has always had a love of music, a love of singing, a love of gospel music. And so I wanted to be able to put that out into the universe where, like, in they read the Franklin or James Brown, where it's like, everybody can have access to this. Because not everybody's from the same life, same religion, but they still want that joy. So I wanted to work on that. And I was like, I, you know, I came from a family of mostly ministers. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's for me because I feel like, you know, there's an the old thing where, like, a guy comes by a church and he sees the pastor at the door and he yells to the pastor. And the pastor's like, Hey, you should come in. And he looks inside and he says, Oh, I don't know if I can go in. There. There's too many hypocrites. And the pastor thinks about it for a second. And he said, Don't worry about that, friend. There's always room in the front for one more. So <laughs> so, so I didn't want to become a preacher because I was like, ah, I feel like I'd be too much of a hypocrite. Like, it's, it's too much of a narrow path. I'm a little more free. Mm-hmm. Spirited, but I feel like being on a stage has a lot of elements of that where people are listening to you you create a platform and you have something to say and it's a transference of feeling. I always wanted to entertain. I always wanted to make people laugh. I always wanted to show people that you can take ideas and create something like that. You can get paid for things that just come from your imagination and your mind. Like that's a crazy idea, a concept. Mm-hmm. It's like, Especially oh, you know, I think-
1: in today's world you can get paid for the craziest things exactly but the thing is, is that
2: sir ken robinson did this TED talk and he talked about education and the system and how it beats out of a kid all their creativity so at kindergarten you ask a bunch of people hey who's creative who wants to dance who wants to sing and everyone's like yay me i'm that person and then by the time you get to 12th grade like nobody raises their hand hardly any mm-hmm. because it, you've been taught to become this this Dilbert, this fraction of a person that just has learned to color inside the lines. And mm-hmm. and so it's crazy. It's like, as I was a kid, like I said, I was kind of odd, and weird and, and picked on and bullied. And everything that everybody made fun of me as mm-hmm. a kid, as an adult and as an artist became celebrated. They're like, you talk too much. Now like people want me to give speeches, and talk in front of them and do TED Talks and stuff. Or they're like, you know, you are always singing. It's like now people pay me to go and sing it. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's crazy how that shift happens. But I think the older I get and the more I'm just like, you know what, I'm not going to shrink to fit anybody's view. And I'm going to be me. And the more me I became, the more people gravitated to me and the more opportunities happened because it's not a thing that everybody gets to. It's not even self-actualization. It's a self-awareness. But also, mm-hmm. like, you, just, you just don't care what other people think to that level. You're like, you know what? This is me. Take it. Leave it. I can Say move on.
1: I'm thinking that you were just never in a box. No one ever put you in a box. They didn't even try to put you in a box. You didn't have a checklist to be like, all right, so now we're going to do this. Check. Now we're going to do that. Check. You were just like, oh, what is that? High school and... Four years? No, it should really be three. Watch me. And it's, watch me, watch me. it. Like you just wanted to remind people that there are different ways and other possibilities instead of what everyone was just used to.
2: Exactly. It's like a Roger Bannister moment. You know, everyone's like, you can never run under a four minute mile. It's humanly yeah. impossible. Your heart will explode. And then all of a sudden he's run 359. And all of a sudden, now a few other people a few weeks later have run under four minutes. It's like, oh, yes. that was impossible. It's like, well, we attempt the impossible to see what's possible. If nobody bucks the system or asks any questions, then mm-hmm. we just keep doing the same thing forever and ever. And we could
1: have improved
2: and progressed. But, you know, we thought we couldn't, so we didn't.
1: Do you find people get a little nervous with that?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like people love it until they don't so it yeah, I was gonna to say great. do they look
1: at you a little side eye like what's in his coffee what is he smoking today like nobody could be like that happy that optimistic that 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 because you are but you are naturally like it's not just because you woke up and you know hit four numbers no you are naturally and I think that's the part where people might be what's his deal what does your average day look like? Like your Monday through Friday, because something tells me your weekends might be a little different also.
2: Yeah, well, Monday through Friday, like I said, I, I work full time, so mm-hmm. I have a pretty flexible schedule, but mm-hmm. essentially I have a lot of Zoom calls with clients, with internal people, like there's a, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of moving parts. So you're always switching gears from thing to thing to thing. And then in between there, I try to say, okay, let me do this interview or let me do this mm-hmm. short recording or, or let me re- work on writing this song or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of sprinkle that throughout the day. And then definitely a lot of that creative work on the the weekend. And then of course I'm always like, okay, what can I, what can I learn? And how can I grow? Like, should I read something? Should I listen to audio Should and I watch like on YouTube? Should I watch a documentary? Like whatever. And then, and then I just have, you know, fluff time. Like I like to watch, or binge you know whatever is happening as well like because i do so much for the days then like i i can i can spend hours binging and still not be derailed from like what i want to do because i i usually am doing three things simultaneously most of the day like i'm texting emailing doing a phone call and watching something probably all at the same time
1: <laughs> and watching something probably. Yeah. okay I hope everyone is keeping up because I'm going to need a nap by the time I'm done with you. It is a lot, but it's a lot that works. And it's a lot that you're doing it in our same 24 hours.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's like just because people will call me the robot or the machine. That's not true. I I, I have a human body Mm -hmm. and I get tired. But Mm -hmm. maybe... You know, in the Bible, there's a parable of the talents. Like one person had five talents, one person had two, one person had one. The person with one barely did nothing. That's like the worst situation. But essentially, you know, you might not be a five talent person. You might not be a five energy person. But if you're the two, then you have to do the best with that two. That's the thing. I never hold Mm -hmm. the same measuring stick to everyone, but I feel everybody should push themselves to do their own personal best. Knowing that your personal best Ebbs and flows and changes. Like, if you got a stomachache, and it might not be the best that day, but the next day you don't have a stomachache, you go kill it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it works out over time, the law of averages. But the main thing is that people are conditioned not to do their best. Because essentially what happens, like, like okay, I need you to really like, I need you to run this out and do
1: this thing. And like, they always hold back. It doesn't have to be as hard and overthought, but we write our whole complete stories in our head to the events that haven't happened yet
2: exactly and that's the wording that i would use it's the story that you tell mm-hmm. yourself and people mm-hmm. tell themselves all kinds of stories and people believe that how they feel and what they perceive is true but the mind cannot distinguish what is no. real and what you think mm-hmm. is happening that's why when you watch a scary movie you have all these body responses like someone is behind you with a knife it's Like we know exactly. it's not real <laughs> but we, our body and the mind can't tell it, it, it doesn't want to make that choice and be wrong so it just responds no matter mm-hmm. what and so mm-hmm. sometimes you can have all these misfires where your body is like you know because everybody wants to be at, at rest and avoid pain and, and, and that's mm-hmm. that's how we are built you know mm-hmm. and, and a ship it's safest at the dock you know but if if it's meant to sail and to get out there then like it's not doing what it's meant to do if it plays Mm -hmm. it safe and and they don't make any statues for people who play it safe like you don't you don't remember them because they just you know just people they're here and they're not there's nothing to distinguish them people who really go for it and crash and burn like people who are successful not only do they fail but they fail fast and they learn from those failures. And that's the important. The failure is a given. You have to. Thomas Edison to make a light bulb, you know, 10,000 mm. experiments to do that. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. like afraid of no, then like, yeah, then, then that's not going to help. You, you know, you got to get some rejection therapy and get out there because somebody needs to say no and you learn from that. But beyond that, it's the only way to put it out there. Like they don't know you. So of course they're going to say no. Or it may not be right. the timing for them or whatever, but it's like, you can refine your pit, you can learn. Mm -hmm. What do you want? Let's make something else. Let's get an opportunity happening. But it's like, yeah, you have to have a thick skin. Like I think people expect life to be easy and it's not, and that's disheartening. But Jim Rohn says, you never ask for life to become easier. You just become for you to become better. That's the only equation you have to improve. And so many people have learned to coast. Mm -hmm. I can work and have the same job mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the same level of effort. And they're going to keep me and not fire me. So I don't need to improve. But that's yep. bad because you're not supposed to improve or be motivated by the job or the money. It's yeah. like, don't you want to be better? You're here and you mm-hmm. have opportunities to learn and to grow. Why not take them? Why not exercise them? But people just yeah. prefer to just be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good where I am. I'm, I don't need to do anymore.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the learning process. And clearly you're very well read. You've spewed off at least 20 titles so far, all of which are in my library, but still oh. that's only, that's I'm sure that's only a fraction, but you're not even close to being done, obviously. Or what else is, I'll say we're one third into 2023, we're almost halfway there. What are some goals? And do you plan your goals out I know we talked about the week being planned and do you have like, ah this year it will be the year of or this year I want to fill in the blank. What's in store for 2023?
2: Yes, that's an excellent question. So I did mention about the jazz album. So this year was the year Mm -hmm. of the jazz album. Fortunately, and unfortunately, it was also the year of the soul album. So it's my first year doing two albums back to back. I'm a crazy person. I was like, why did I do both of them so close together? But the reasoning was, there was a label that was interested in pushing out the soul records, so we jumped the line on that. And We had already done all the arrangements for the jazz album, so I was like, let's just, let's just do it so that we can shop that one too late. So uh, that'll, that'll have at least 24 new songs out, You know, hopefully at least done and ready to go to be out as soon as this year, maybe next year. And then from there, obviously, we've been pitching the book. So the book is out, Side House of Flow on Amazon Audible. So it's out in all the formats so hardcover came out and then kindle version and then this year we released the audiobook in january and then and end of february came out the the paperback or softcover mm-hmm. so still doing a lot of promotion for for that obviously having these songs and albums done is milestones and i usually do have one album or two as a focus uh, or songs to get out there because I, I do like to continually put out content so just working on that and then like i said i have my radio show which is weekly so we just mm-hmm. went into our uh, uh, well, i think we're just hitting our two-year mark this month so i want to work here thank you yeah, yeah so we've got yeah. like 100 plus episodes but it's nice it's nice to have something that i know okay this is consistent and needs me and so i can have something that people can always know what i'm doing
1: so but- one other thing I want to know, what do you do in your downtime? Do you take time off from work? Do you travel, explore? Tell me. How do That's you recharge? Question.
2: I am terrible at sleep and terrible at vacation
1: because I feel like, why, like
2: all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's necessary. So I will say you know, God made, you know, if you believe in that, God made everything in six days and the best seven days. But to say how good it was, you know, I, I did a good job. Like, I should take a break. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, in the same way, Sunday is my day where I just try to commune. I try not to drive as much as I can avoid it. And I try to just, you know, walk around the town and mm-hmm. and, and relax. So, I try to do okay. one day a week into that. And then, in the day, you know, would you bathe or brush your teeth once a week? I mean, you might, but, ugh, you know, so, like, in the same way, you you had to build it into your day as well. So I'm like, okay, now I'm trying to wake up, do some intentional stuff in the morning. You know, I try to meditate, you know, mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes. And I, and I walk, you know, I try to get my 10,000 steps in. I, I try to build mm-hmm. some relaxation into mm-hmm. the day because that's the thing. I think people get overwhelmed. And like, oh my God, I need a vacation because work is so stressful. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, if you if you had little mini vacations every day, you right. know, then you don't necessarily need to have this blowout. I'm not saying don't do it. Everybody's wired different, so some people, they need that. But for me, I'm like, let's go a little bit each day, a little bit on the weekend, and every now and then, I'm like, okay, let's go take a, a, a long weekend. weekend. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. but, but after three, four days, I'm like, okay, I can only marinate in a jacuzzi or whatever. It's so long. I got to go. Like, I, <laughs> there's stuff to do.
1: Probably. Well, I'm, you know, three more weeks and I'll be 62, and I still wake up like what i don't even know how this happened i don't know how my kids are you know in their 30s my youngest will be 27 like i don't know wasn't it just yesterday it might have been it might have been where starting with the book because you mentioned uh, all the different platforms so where are we going to find the book side hustle and flow let's go side
2: hustle and flow it's out on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. if you want to get the Audible for the audio version.
1: So we have the book uh, podcast, Deeper Grooves podcast. We're going to find that on all our platforms, yes? Yes. Yeah,
2: so Deeper Grooves podcast is on all streaming services. So if you go to anchor.fm, Deeper Grooves, it'll take you to all the platforms. Sidehustleandflow.net will take you to the book. You can also find it from the publisher at
1: blackspringpressgroup.com for the book. And then where else do you hang out? Your ah, music, well, where are we going to, let's uh, wait, now we music, got music. I, where, you know, <laughs> let me, I, I have a long list to go over with. That's Cliff.
2: <laughs> That's true. Well, music, you can yeah. find me on social media, so social media, at Cliff Beach Music on all the platforms. So YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Cliff Beach Music, you'll find me, at cliffbeachmusic.com for my website, which goes into my record label, Music.com. But music, all streaming platforms under Cliff Beach, just like my author name. So Spotify, Apple Music, mm-hmm. Amazon, all the places you put in Cliff Beach, you'll find me. But there is another Cliff Beach Looks a little bit like a Merle Haggard. That's not, not me. it has got a problem mm-hmm. called Six Pack. Not me.
1: But all these not other him. albums no. are under Yeah. Okay. okay. I think I'm good. I'm so glad We talked. I'm so glad your story is just not even partially done. My goodness, I can't wait to just see what else this guy does because I'm going to just not that I'm going to sit back. No, because I've got other shit I want to get done. And believe me, 2023 is a good year for me, but I think I'm going to. Just up my game a little. I mean, you give me a little inspiration there, because maybe I started coasting a little. Now it's time—time time to make a move.
2: You know what? I don't think so, though. I mean, if you're doing a podcast, you're doing something, so you're not coasting.
1: But you know, maybe there's some others. There's, there, you want to there's some other. There's there's definitely more that I want to do and get out there and rearrange my time priorities. It's time.
2: Well, I'm glad if I have motivated or inspired you in that way to do that or just reminded you to tap you know, mm-hmm. to the source and to your best self, then that would make me very happy. And I am glad to have connected as well.
1: All right. Listen to everyone. This is A, five stars. Don't even think about anything less. If you think, keep moving. We only want to see five. And also comment, review. Yes, we're going, we're trying to double all of our numbers in my birthday month of May. So thank you for that. joyfoundhere.com is where we're going to see it. We're going to see all the comments. I'm going to just download this book and listen tomorrow on my way into work. I can't wait to see what else Cliff Beach brings us. With that, I say thank you. Thank you again for being here. Guys, I love your support. It really means the world and we are on our way to give you more of what you want. Until next week, be well. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.